Previously on Quantum Kickflip. Hey everybody, it's me, Mogi Jacksonville, and this is Stunts. Now, normally, I'm the one who takes care of all of you, but this week, Daddy's taking a back seat because we've got some new kids on the block who want to piss in the big boy pool. <laughs> uh, uh, it, it's going to be probably some kind of a prank. Uh, there'll be some kind of daring challenge, likely a, like an obstacle course. And then the last thing will likely be something gross. Th this run doesn't feel like what Gold Star Disaster does. I don't know. I Well, this does seem to be important to Helix. You're right, Trev. Here in the Golden Jungle, you can encounter all sorts of creatures, plants, and fruits. And there is no fruit more coveted, more ripe, and juicy than the spiky many berry. It's a real null tradition. And then he's going to uh, hit uh, Walt. <laughs> um, and it's, like, not funny. <laughs> <laughs> Oof! My Daibo vice. <laughs> this might be the best way to increase the difficulty. Nut tap. Nut tap. Nut tap, nut tap, oh, everybody's getting a nut tap. And you sit up and you are face to face with Whitney Wick. What? Emerging from the trees are five popularians on hover skates. And Helix, you recognize two of them, Tybalt and K-Jump of BRB. Maybe this is a good time for us to settle the score. And she kind of tilts her head kind of like an eye, you want to go. Gold Star Disaster, we got it! Um, Walt hears Helix's voice ring out from up above in the canopy, and he just sighs and nods and follows Whitney. It looks like Gold Star Disaster has a choice to make. Do you complete the final task set out to you by Fust, or do you search for your friend, Walton Wick? And welcome back to Quantum Kickflip, a Slug Blaster actual play podcast. My name is Lena. I am your host and your Slugmaster. And with me are five of my best and funniest friends in the whole world. And they're going to introduce themselves to you now. I may deeply regret asking this question, oh. but this is the one that I came up with that was themed around the run. Tell me about a gross thing you ate once. <laughs> Hello, my name is David Ray, and I play uh, Trev for uh, the Heart Playbook, and I have the Hyper Optic Visor. Uh, I used to work at a summer camp, and uh, uh, towards the end of uh, a family camp where you try to raise money for the camp, you you try to offer different things for uh, auction, um, and I offered to like allow whoever it is that wins the thing to. Feed me whatever. And uh, <laughs> so it wound up like it was a group of kids that then like just put on whatever you can find in a kitchen together on a plate to like. An, oh, been there. <laughs> like, so, it's just like sauces. There was no main. There was no like food to base it around. It was sauces and kind of half foods that like help something else. Altogether, it was just a slop, and I did not feel good <laughs> at the end of it, and it was not worth it. 
Hi, my name is Robin. I play Maybelline Zandross, the grit playbook with the photonic jacket. Uh, and uh, when I was a kid, uh, my dad used to eat uh, peanut butter, pickle, and mayonnaise sandwiches. Uh, like, <laughs> genuinely, he, he really liked them. Uh, and I looked up to my dad, and kids copy things, so I also ate a lot of them. At the time, I, I really loved them. I don't know in retrospect if I was more into the flavor or more into the, like, eating them on the playground and other kids' reactions being like, oh my God, and being like, ah, I'm eating it. Isn't it gross? Um, but I should revisit them because, you know, maybe there's something there. Maybe there's something there. Yeah. Good luck on your journey. <laughs> I don't think I can accompany you. I don't think I can follow you down this road. This is, it was in your vows though. Oh no, it was. <laughs> Hello, I'm Liam. I play Helix Pinnacle, the smarts playbook with the hard light board. And uh, my first job was working at a Dairy Queen in Spruce Grove, Alberta, when I was in high school. And me and the other high school-aged guys who worked in the back making the burgers, doing the dishes, used to fill each other's uh, cups of fountain pop. Like, we all had our own cup of fountain pop to drink throughout the day. Would just put random shit in each other's cups. Uh, <laughs> onion rings, pickle juice, what have you. But there was one day where someone put a bunch of hand soap in mine. Oh, no. <laughs> but also, I was very thirsty. So I chugged no. like a small fountain drink that was, you know, three quarters Coke, one quarter hand soap. And it wasn't until like the fourth gulp where I'm like, this tastes like soap. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Hi, I'm Glenna. I play Brindley Zerk, the Guts playbook with the Gravity Blaster. Uh, and I don't, as a rule, I don't eat gross things. <laughs> like, it's not a thing I do. I've I was never that kid. Mm. Uh, that being said, I did, when I was in grade seven, uh, my church was having a Fear Factor event. Remember Fear Factor? Uh, yeah. the yeah, with podcast time. superstar Joe Rogan. Yeah, it was like the four <laughs> times Joe Rogan. Um, and when you are a church, you can't really do death-defying stunts, but you can make kids eat gross things. So <laughs> That's in the Bible. You're alive. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, they mixed together. I don't even know what was in it. But I'm I am a texture eater more than anything else, and mm. this was like it had like oatmeal and like chunks of apple or something. So like the flavor wasn't bad, but the texture was so vomitous ah. that I gagged immediately. And they were like, "Okay, you," because the the idea is that you had to complete an obstacle course, and one was like to chug this drink, and you didn't have to chug the drink, but if you didn't chug it, you had to dump it on your head. Oh. <laughs> I like we figured out a hack, which was to press it. <laughs> up against your forehead <laughs> and just like lean over so it didn't go on to you and you mm. it formed a seal because I tried to drink it and I immediately gagged it was like no mm -mm, not happening mm. <laughs> I'm Michael Vetch I'm here playing Walton Wick the chill playbook with the robot companion I didn't eat this but it feels in a similar vein one time we were at a taco place a bunch of us after an improv rehearsal or something and everyone was making gaffes about how my hair is really neat and tidy and then uh, I was just like I, I usually keep my hair like pretty like prim and proper but I wouldn't say it's like a whole thing about me and they were like oh Michael you're, just, you're too uptight about that you definitely won't put hot sauce on your hair or something and it's like oh yeah so what and then I poured a bunch of hot sauce on my head and uh, it really stung my scalp a lot <laughs> the server came by later and Michael had to play it cool. As though there wasn't a puddle on my head. <laughs> and uh, she's got that higher perspective. She can see the puddle. <laughs> it was a little dark in the taco place, you know, I'm, I'm hoping. Yeah. Uh, 
And as I mentioned, my name is Lena. I am your host and your slugmaster. And one fortuitous Halloween, um, a very popular coffee chain uh, released a drink called the Witch's Brew Frappuccino. It was purple. It was green. And it tasted like rotten Fruit Loops. It was so... I took one sip and I was like, I don't know about this. I took a second sip and I was like, this is trash. And I threw it in the trash. (laughs) It was not good. (laughs) Speaking of eating gross things, uh, Gold Star Disaster is chowing down on a spiky many berry right about now. Um, But something is amiss. And so I want to check in with you guys as you are carrying out this Fust Stunts Challenge. Let's play some Slug Blaster. Yes, indeed. Helix, Maeve, Trev4, Brinley. You are in the golden jungle. It is hot, humid. All around you are plants and stone ruins. Uh, There are sounds everywhere. Birds, bugs, singing flora, the usual. Uh, And sounds of celebration as Helix has just successfully acquired the spiky many berry from the many palm tree. Some, maybe all of you, uh, have cracked it open and are enthusiastically uh, chowing down on its contents. It's uh, kinda chewy, a little bit sweet, but more umami, which is weird for fruit. It does not smell good at all. So however that is enhancing the taste, maybe not the way that you want it to, uh, but nonetheless, uh, you are all uh, enjoying your victory. Shart, the right-hand man of uh, Moki Jacksonville of Fust Stunts, is right there with you. Uh, and BRB, the crew that you have uh, just bested, uh, is taking their leave. Um, and depending on the member of BRB, they're either, you know, throwing a sneer your way or a very sporting good game kind of wave, if it's Tybalt. <laughs> and slowly the realization dawns on you that you are not all present. Your crewmate, Walton Wick, is nowhere to be seen. You can't see him either with your eyes or with a quick biometric scan of the area. Shart takes a step back as you have this realization. There are a couple of cameras around you. There have been cameras that have been catching the action of the golden jungle, and he gives a little motion to them to keep rolling. What do you do now? Wait, sorry, has anyone seen uh, Walt? I have been scanning for Walton, and I have not been able to locate him. Well, he, if you can't locate him with your with your hyperoptic visor rig, that, that doesn't just mean he's, like, left the area. That means he's left the plane, right? Shart, did you see anything? Did the camera see anything? Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Don't think so. Hmm. It is curious. It seems that I should find Walton before... Uh, we leave this plane. Well, we we all should. Can can we even keep filming if we if our crew's not here? It's not really Gold Star Disasters run. Uh, I I guess not. Uh, so you you got to find this guy because like we do have like a schedule and stuff. 
we were going to go through this end zone. It was like uh, over there a ways. And, and Shart just kind of points in a direction. And uh, once your attention is drawn to that direction, Trev, you do get a faint uh, ping on your space-time amphimeter uh, of a thin zone that is the closest one here. Well, Helix, this is a very important uh, show for you to participate in. It seems that perhaps you should proceed with uh, the show and... I will go look for Walton. Uh, Helix is conflicted. Obviously, he's he's learned not to make it all about himself, but this is also kind of not the opportunity he wants to squander. He, he maybe looks over at Brindley as he's sort of the one he had promised not to make it all about him, like low-key asking permit, like not permission, but just like <laughs> gut, like gut check. Uh, Guts, Guts check. check. <laughs> <laughs> if Walton has left the plane, it would make sense that he would go to a nearby thin zone, would it not? I, I suppose so. Trev, do you have some way of using your equipment to like, like I know you can detect thin zones, but can you trace if someone has has breached a thin zone recently? Can you is that something you can scan for? Like, can we try to follow his trail somehow? We could also call him on his phone. That's a salient idea. Oh, I mean, I guess Trev could. You're from the same tower, so you, you'd have his contact. Indeed. I will try to call him now. And we cut away. (laughs) (laughs) Walton Wick. You follow your cousin, Whitney Wick, as she uses her space-time amphimeter to guide you out of the golden jungle. She leads you to a beautiful, moss-covered ruin of some kind of pyramid-like building. You kick into Nth Gear together and rush forward, and as you tear through the thin zone, the heat and humidity of the golden jungle mercifully abates, only to immediately return as you break through to the other side. Now, however, the verdant plant life of the golden jungle is replaced by silvery rock formations forming complex geometric patterns and clusters of sharpened obelisks. You see buildings intertwined with trees made of stone, stucco, and steel and colored in highly saturated hues. The symphony of the golden jungle is replaced by a wave of voices shouting in many different languages. Above you, two massive moons fill the indigo sky, forming a backdrop against which dark blue clouds are coalescing. Whitney waves for you to follow her, and she kicks off on her hoverboard, making her way down the streets of Fennis Bar. She turns down a side street, ascends a flight of stone stairs, and opens a door, holding it open for you. On the other side, you see what looks like a hostel room. There are a couple of beds, a dresser, and a door that leads to a back hallway. Also in this room are your other two cousins, Wanda and Wendy Wick. Walt, what happened? Oh, Wanda, hey, I wasn't quite sure where Whitney was leading me. I, she didn't really tell me anything. Oh, well, <laughs> what happened? I, um, I've um, i been uh, stung by a lot of bugs, or maybe bitten by bugs. I, I'm not really sure what are stingers and what are mandible prints at this point. Uh, I've also been punched in the nuts several times. Um, you know, uh, just slug blasting. <laughs> <laughs> Did you encounter the golden jungle nut puncher? <laughs> <laughs> that thing's vicious. 
I mean, I don't know if it was the nut puncher, but it was a nut puncher in the golden jungle. And yeah, this was pretty vicious. <laughs> uh, behind you, Whitney is just like kind of shaking her head a little bit. And Wanda is like, yeah, uh, we got caught up a little bit on the situation. Uh, Whitney texted me, you were doing some kind of stunt thing? Uh, yeah, it was, uh, you know, fast stunts. Uh, I guess Helix is a big fan and somehow that got on their radar. So, uh, goal star disaster. We had to rush off and do it. Okay. Are you okay? No. Okay. I, I thought, even when we called earlier, I, Garb, that wasn't even that long ago. I... I've been punched in the nuts so many times since then. <laughs> I thought everything was going well. I thought it was finally settling in with the crew, but maybe I'm not cut out for this at all. Hey, no, I I don't think that's true. You just you just need to find the crew that's right for you, right? The the kind of crew that's gonna take this sort of thing seriously and not go and do stupid crap that gets you punched in the nuts. My nuts. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, as, as you lament uh, the uh, intense pain that Walt is in right now, your phone rings. Um, Walt is too busy, uh, sort of caught up in this conversation, and uh, he just absentmindedly kind of like hits the button, like the the silence button on his phone. It, goes, it cuts to uh, voicemail. <laughs> <laughs> and Wanda turns to you and says, look, you're out of there and that's good. That's what matters right now. Why don't you come back with us? We know a way out of here and maybe we can find a way to go home in style. Maybe redeem some of this. Sure. Just a straight shot from here back home? Pretty much. Okay. Thanks, guys. I'm, I'm glad you've got my back. Yeah. We're here for you. You bat! <laughs> <laughs> here, this is for you. And uh, Wendy uh, uh, holds out uh, a change of clothes um, and some fresh makeup. Very Wix aesthetic, you notice. It, it pretty much exactly matches the outfits that they're all wearing. <laughs> and Wanda's like, why don't you get freshened up and then we can go. Is it is it kind of like a blend of like Walt's look, but just like even more so in their colors? Yeah, 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 yeah. Because <laughs> Walt is like a pretty fashionable dude. Like he's yeah. a kindred guy. He's got his like segmented tie and stuff. Um, but this has more buckles. I don't, know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how goth Walt leans, but I think it also like skews more in that because like your cousins are very much into that goth aesthetic. Ramps it up. It, it's a, it, <laughs> there's a thing built in here when he puts on this new tie, it like somehow thickens the eyeliner he had on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> the foundation that Wendy gives you is noticeably lighter than the one that you might use. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which yeah. is already a feat, because he wears it pretty light. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think Walt uh, takes the change of clothes and uh, shuffles off to the hostel bathroom or something. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We now go to Gold Star Disaster as Trev's call goes to voicemail. Hello, you've reached Car Sinigan. How can I help you? Hello, this is Trev 4. Ah, <laughs> uh, 
Trevor! Wonderful to hear you. How are you doing? I am doing normal. I am hoping to get a hold of Walton. Oh, goodness, unfortunately, it seems he's rerouted the call to me. He must be involved in something quite pressing right now. Ah, yes. Well, I would like to locate Walton so I can find him and join him back up with our group, Gold Star Disaster. Goodness, I don't have an exact location, but I believe we passed through into Thennis Spar. Hmm. This is not the same dimension that we are currently in. <laughs> no, I presume you are, I presume you're still in the golden jungle. That is correct, which is a different dimension from Thennis Bar. That Sup- it is indeed. Super quick point of order, yes. just because mm-hmm. we've mm-hmm. we've established this. When Trev has phone calls, no one else can hear it, yeah? That is correct. <laughs> great, 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 continue. Well then, I will make sure to locate Walton myself. Thank you for your time. Oh, thank you for yours. Thank you for your time. Thank you for yours. Thank you for your time. Thank you for yours. We didn't, they, they didn't program yeah. Trev for really Trev well. Trev is but... on a call for five minutes. You assume it's an intense conversation because he's standing stock still and totally silent. Shart has had to reapply his bug spray. His, his face is just the, like, the phone app screen. Like, <laughs> app icon the, uh, the timer yeah. ticking up yeah, yeah. <laughs> engage in like a weird robot binary version of you hang up first <laughs> yeah they didn't program how to end a phone call uh, on its own it has to wait for the other person to hang up yeah, and, yeah like it gets a telemarketer yeah. <laughs> that that line that's in line with trev though <laughs> Uh, Well, it seems as though Walton is not uh, in the Golden Jungle anymore, but in a dimension called Santa Spar. Is he okay? I am unsure. (laughs) It is possible that he is fine. However, it is also possible that he is dead. What? How do you... How can those two... Did he... What did he say? Yeah, weren't you talking to him for like five minutes? I was talking to... Carcinogen, which of course is not actually Walton, but rather his companion. And you don't think Carcinogen would have told you if Walt was dead? <laughs> it was not information that he had access to. I think it's safe to assume that Walton is not dead if Carcinogen did not mention it, but th- thank you anyway, Trev. You are completely welcome. Please rate on your satisfaction with this call response that I have re- given to you. Half, half a star. Uh, <laughs> feedback. Can you tell us how to improve the call? <laughs> <laughs> so are we going to Thenispar or what? Maeve is extremely complete. Like, before this phone call, she was like, I'm done with this whole stunts thing. Like, the, the, over the course of the whole last episode, she was very, like, became disenchanted with it and was very worried about Walt. As soon as you said the words Thenispar, Maeve, like, uh, went a couple of shades uh, whiter than she, like, just went pale and sickly and is like, oh, no. Okay. Uh, I mean, I think we have to, right? Or at least some of us do. I mean, Helix, genuinely, if you want to keep doing the stunts thing, it is a huge opportunity and I I don't want to blow this for you, but I think, Trev, if you're going after Walt, I, I think I have to go with you even though that probably won't end well for well we'll see i guess brinley second gut check well we know where he is 
Maybe we can find him and convince him to come do the third part with us. Yeah. No, you're right. This this isn't this isn't my run. This is a gold star disaster run, regardless of you know who might be getting the most out of it. Uh, Shart, man, I'm I'm sorry, but we're gonna go try to find our friend. If you're if you want to tell us where we can meet you for the third leg of the the challenge, we'll meet you there if we have our crew in tow. If if not, it's been a pleasure. Boy, that's uh that's really putting a lot on me, but uh. I mean, if it's any comfort to you, uh, the third leg of the challenge is in Thenispar. If you meet us on the northeast coast, uh, you have one hour, and then we're out. Perfect. That worked way better than I expected. Because, <laughs> um, yeah, he wants to keep going, but also yeah. he doesn't. he's not doing the, the, the breakup thing again. Uh, well, then, I guess, uh, next stop, Thenispar. Next stop, Thenispar. Maeve, you, you look... As white as the creamy insides of one of these berries. <laughs> are, are you okay? Yeah. Yeah, I'm good. Let's just, we got an hour. Let's make every minute count. And she throws down her board and kicks off. Bucks you, BRB. <laughs> <laughs> So I think what we're going to do now is we are going to take a moment with each of you in Thenispar. Walt, once you've had a chance to change and freshen up, uh, the Wicks lead you back out into uh, the Thenisparshan streets. And they say, okay, it's a bit of a hike from here. Uh, We're going to make our way over to the catacombs. Right in the middle is where the thin zone is. You ready? Uh, sure. Do you mean like it's like near the catacombs, or it's it's above the catacombs, or is this a we have to delve into some catacombs kind of? Oh, it's, it's in the catacombs. In the catacombs. Uh, we gotta get right in there. I, I thought it was gonna be like that. Okay. Um, it's fun, and like it's fine as long as you don't actually go through the ghosts. Ghosts. Yeah. Yeah, it's Thenis Spar. Have you never been to Thenis Spar? Uh, no, I hadn't really done any dimension hopping before I came oh. on that first run with you guys. Oh my garb, we have to get you an olive oil popsicle. They're so good. Seriously, they're surprisingly good. Oh, um, sure, yeah, I'd love to try a frozen treat, but you, you said ghosts? Uh, yeah, it's kind of a, a part of Thenis Spar. There's Thenis Sparsians, and then there's... Thenispartian ghosts. Um, they're not particularly, you know, uh, haunted, I guess. It's not like Waking Pits ghosts. They're, they just kind of do their thing without the confines of body. Well, Maeve never said anything about ghosts. Okay. Um. Yeah, that's right. You have a Thenispartian on your crew, and she never mentioned anything about this? Yeah, no, she never really talks that much about home. She sounds like an enigma. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, she's got a a mysterious quality to her. I guess it's just weird that you doesn't seem like you know your crew very well. Well, I I, sure I know about them. I Helix lives in Web and does Web stuff there. And I was pen pals with Brinley before. And Bryn comes from Lansden, where. Lansden stuff happens. I always pick Trev up from the shop. 
Whitney's just like blinking slowly at you. Oh, Whitney, ease up, okay? <laughs> Let's just get the popsicles and go walk through ghosts or whatever. No, we it's you don't want to walk through. Oh, don't walk through. Don't walk through. Let's go ghosts. get popsicles and not walk through ghosts or whatever. <laughs> so, Walt, you and your cousins make your way down the streets of Thenispar towards the catacombs and tasty treats. As you do, the clouds get thicker and darker, and it starts to rain. Gold Star Disaster. You punch through the thin zone and find yourself in the very same streets of Thenispar. It smells like fruit, spices, and rain. And you feel a strange juxtaposition as the gentle raindrops begin to wash away the remnants of the Mega Marigold Nectar, but the humidity still makes you feel sticky. Crowds of people race for shelter, pull up coverings over their vendor tables, and dodge past indifferent ghosts. Wolt could have gone anywhere from here. What do you do to find him? Maeve, any guess on the best place to, to look for him? I mean... If, if he was just trying to get away from us because he wasn't comfortable with this whole run, then maybe he's just looking for a thin zone home. But I, my gut says something else is going on here. I know Walt wasn't having the best time, but it, it just doesn't feel like he would abandon us. You know, I, I don't want to believe that's true. So I guess, Trevor, are you able to do a scan or something? You got that visor rig. Indeed. I will engage with my omniscience aperture as well as my realmware lens to be able to look in through walls and to detect in-depth biometrics. Okay. And maybe I can like expand how far I can see out, uh, perhaps with uh, a kick and then go up and down the streets. That's my hope. I'm scanning for biometrics that are specifically not Thenisparsian. Okay. So I'm just like looking for who is not a Thenisparsian and is like a living person. So okay. I might pick up on, you know, whatever, I, like a cat, <laughs> like you know, a, a Thenisparsian okay. version of a cat. But. All right. Um, and, and is it fair to say that, like you said, you're sort of like going up and down the streets. Are you yes. kind of like leading your crewmates in this? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I would be going like, I'm just trying to do a, a quick scan as possible to mm-hmm. like, send people like i can like denote here 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 and then they can go quickly check to see what Ah, these other entities are yeah i like that yeah okay fantastic yeah let's get a roll uh as you start your uh rig up maybe like maybe um maybe start scanning that direction i i I got a good feeling about uh about over that way um and i don't think anyone else is familiar with enispar so they don't know what would be over there that would be of interest um but but Maeve knows that the, uh, the that way she's desperating to is just like the exact opposite direction of the arborist temple mm-hmm. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. just like oh maybe maybe start that direction and we'll see if maybe we get a hit over there that would be lucky and good for me <laughs> <laughs> okay so i'm going to take an extra die for my playbook and then the kick E, that's a four. Okay, a mixed success. Yes. So I think the uh, simplest way that I am going to resolve this is you are eventually going to lock onto uh, Walt's signature, but it takes a few tries. Uh, So it takes more time than perhaps you would want it to. So uh, Helix, Maeve, and Bryn, uh, can each of you give me one false lead that Trev4 leads you to? (laughs) 
Oh, God. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I think Helix uh, goes off in one of the dra- ways that Trev pointed him uh, and finds himself uh, at one of the many olive oil popsicle stands where a uh, young girl uh, and her friend are hanging out and chatting, and it is clear that they are from Null. Uh, and once he kind of just sees that these are two Null girls, he's like, oh, that that, that was a false lead moving on and, and skates away but in my imagination it is uh symphony and her friend uh yeah. <laughs> <Very good. laughs> symphony, symphony marsden yeah <laughs> trying her first olive oil popsicle on her older sister's recommendation <laughs> uh i think uh we go through this there's a bunch of like street markets in Thenispar. we've talked about that and i think uh trev sends mave uh down into one and uh she is is like making her way through all these booths and like kind of tiptoeing around. There's like people with stuff laid out on like carpets and installs, and she's having to like kind of make sure she's not bumping into anyone or knocking anything over. Uh, and she gets to the end of this uh, this alleyway, only to find that it's like a, a fish uh, market, like a fish stand, and they've got a bunch of fish from Desney. Um, <laughs> and uh, she shows up there and like immediately recognizes like, oh, that's what it was. But then is stuck there for a while because the the vendor is like yelling at like saw her coming up and is like you want to buy a fish you want to buy a fish but he's speaking like a language from Desneen and and Maeve doesn't know how to translate it <laughs> so he's just trying to politely be like no thank you no please no I don't want the fi- no thank well maybe actually it does look pretty <laughs> no I don't have time uh, there's a thin zone open over top of a Thenispartian canal and it's just a thin zone that's open and gushing water out into the canal. Yeah. But then there's a net affixed to the end of it. And it just anything that happens to come through, they periodically like pull the net down, take what they put, put it back, and there's just this like interdimensional water flow. That's yeah. very I I thought you were going for like there's a thin zone that they're casting their lines into essentially like ice fishing, oh. but like, <laughs> it's, that's good too. it's reality. It's both of those. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, I think uh, Trev sends Bryn uh, up on the buildings because she is most equipped to do that. Yeah. Uh, and finds someone who it doesn't really. Let's say they're popularian. It doesn't matter who where they're from. Yeah. Uh, but someone who is just like chilling out upside down with some rift ninjas, uh, just like hanging from a ceiling. <laughs> they, they came here to find inner peace. Mm. Uh, they're clearly like meditating and or napping. <laughs> Does Brinley disturb them? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, what are you doing? I was doing, I was living my bliss. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, my apologies. I'm just trying to find my friend. Uh, well, maybe you did. Do you want to be my friend? <laughs> oh, that would be <laughs> radical. My name is Brinley. What's yours? Lexing. Lexing. <laughs> it was very nice to meet you, Lexing. Nice to meet you, too. Here's my social media. Yeah, let's swap. Follow um, me for my Thetaspar journey of inner revelation. Is this is this a popularian doing an eat, pray, love? Yeah, 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 exactly. Uh, I'm pretty sure this popularian is a clone because I first... <laughs> uh. New best NPC, Lexing for the huge Lexing stand over here. Oh, fantastic. Living for Uh, But I'm going to write down that I have their phone number now. Yes, uh, please do. And please call them. Uh, (laughs) 
Um, so these these false alarms are followed, but Trev 4, eventually you do land on a signal. And maybe because you have like been around Waltz uh, a couple of times, uh, you you kind of have this biometric reading um, locked in a little bit, like you recognize it to a degree, because um, you do see a signal and it's not thin aspersion, and you, you tune into it a little bit more and then a name pops up, W. Wick. And then another name pops up, W. Wick. And then another one, <laughs> and then another one, and as you're doing this, you actually, uh, I am going to throw um, a little complication mm-hmm. at you for this four. You are so distracted by uh, the number of W wicks that are popping up in your biometric receptors that you do the very thing that Wanda Wick warned against. Um, and you hear a, what's the big idea? As a, kind of feeling like overtakes you um and i'm gonna give you a um <laughs> quantum entanglement slam as you walk through a thenisparsian ghost <laughs> is, hey i'm you... floating here yeah. <laughs> is there literally a ghost in the machine <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes there is <laughs> excellent excellent i've heard of a ghost in a machine but a machine in a ghost hey. <laughs> <laughs> what he was doing there all of now uh, so how to... does that how does that affect Trevor? Is like so Trevor is like focused on all these signals or whatever. Goes through a ghost. How does it affect some of his receptors? Uh, I think it's like when you like shuffle along a carpet and then you touch a metal thing and you get a static shock. Sure, it's like that, but your whole body and instead of carpet, it's a ghost. <laughs> 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 you just got like uh, a wave of ectostatic. Sure, uh, just like fully jostling your system. A couple things have to re boot yeah yeah um yeah so yeah i i I just like come to a just a sudden dead stop and i'm just like standing awkwardly in the middle of the street people are maybe like looking at me but i'm just hello it is i trev four uh 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 and then uh, Trev, that was a, a false lead. How, how are you doing? And we all we all converge on on Trev. Yeah, <laughs> he was stalled out in the town square. Yeah. <laughs> it seems that I had a complication, and I have an error that says that there are multiple W wicks over in that direction, pointing towards the cluster of W wicks. I would be very careful going in. It is possible that there is only one true Walton Wick, and the rest are. Enemies of the state. <laughs> <laughs> of the state, sorry. Yeah. Wait. The state of kindred, which is good right now. <laughs> Wait, are you saying that maybe they got like web DNA surgeries like my thumb and they're all pretending to be Walton and that's why the biometrics are all... all doesn't he Fucked have up. three cousins? And don't their names all start with W? <laughs> Brinley, let me be honest with you. You are very likely correct. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I think I think I think Maybelline. Uh, and he like just rolls his eyes and starts going towards the the the, the four W's. Um, yeah, is this signal like you know? Is it down an alley? Is it around a corner? Or is it like? Down, uh, like in some sort of catacombs. <laughs> be, 
<laughs> beep boop. Uh, beep boop. Maybe what I'll say is it's like just starting to move down on that vertical plane. Uh, it's, it's dropping as you're starting to give chase. Uh, it's a little ways away, uh, you know, down a street with, uh, buildings that you can jump from roof to roof and like stone staircases that you can do cool grinds on and stuff like that. Ah, <laughs> sounds boring. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> You could also just skate normally, like a bunch of squares, I guess. <laughs> I mean, I got plenty of style, but what's the rest of the crew looking like? Do we want to rack up some tricks on our way to Walton? Well, I think we should focus on getting there quickly. Because it seems as though that Walton and the would-be Waltons are descending into the depths of Thenispar. Is would-be Walton one of his cousins? I don't remember all their <laughs> specific names. I just remember the theme that was generally W's. <laughs> Efficiency is my middle name. Brinley Efficiency Zerk. <laughs> Brinley Efficiency Inscrutable Zerk. <laughs> yes. Maeve had a moment where she was looking at you like, I can't tell if you're joking or not. You're so inscrutable. And then you said the inscrutable part and she's like, ah, it's a joke. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, let's uh, let's make haste. So y'all are gonna uh, move quick and direct uh, to get to Walton Wick. Um, yeah, we I squandered mean, we squandered all that time going to the false leads. That's true. Yeah. Maybe the maybe the quickest way is a big big gigantic jump that we have to take and all look very cool and get some stuff. Yeah. I was gonna say parkour is about going in a straight line, no matter what is in your way. So. That might result in some tricks. Mine results. Big big team roll to to get us there and also get some style for everybody. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, whatever. I'll I'll risk my my limited failure resources. <laughs> I got I got some extra room. I can I can help. You want to shoulder this roll? Uh, you want to do oh, a shoulder yeah. roll? <laughs> I, I could do that. I was just being like, if if there are complications, I can maybe nope stuff for people. But uh, but I could also do the roll if if folks want to. Sure. Yeah, and and Trevor will be like rolling with his uh, hyper optic visor to try to capture everybody. So it's like that, like that super fish eye lens kind of thing. So it's yes. capturing everything yeah. all around, yes. like a GoPro. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so um, what do we got for crew resources? While you're figuring that out, I do want to just very quickly throw to Walton. Uh, you and the Wicks have made their way down the streets. Uh, the rain is coming down a little bit more now. It's a bit more of a, a steady uh, fall instead of, you know, spitting drizzles. Um, and you find yourself at the entrance to the catacombs, which is kind of in, set in these geometric cliff shapes. Um, and it starts to descend. And it's basically this, like, winding labyrinth kind of deal um, that has... Uh, ledges, you're you're kind of ending up underground. Um, and as you're making your way deeper and deeper through this torch-lit labyrinth, uh, Wanda gives you a look and winks and then jumps up and, and grinds up along one of the ledges. Uh, so if you want to also do some tricks as you make your way to the Thin Zone, I will grant you that as well. Um, are there, like, stairs I can take? <laughs> nah! This oh. is a sacred site. There are no stairs here. And then Wendy does a <laughs> kickflip. Wolt's had it pretty rough on this run so far. Uh, I think he's going to summon up Carcinican. Mm -hmm. uh, and and um, 
Normally this ability would be in service of uh, <laughs> pre- uh, preventing a physical slam. Uh, but Walt wants Karstenikin to uh, give him a big old bubble shield, and then he can slide <laughs> down this in a nice safe bubble. <laughs> you want to slide down in a safe bubble? A safe bubble. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I would like a roll to a see roll. how your bubble your bubble slide goes. Yeah, I think mechanically I'm going to treat this as uh, like an augmented use of uh, Karstenikin's mobility boosters. Uh, roll to have your robot go really fast, carry a passenger to uh, ditch the hoverboard and hop on. Uh, so with that justification, I can use some turbo from that pool. Uh, I start off with 2d6s of the chill always, and I will add on... You can't have any of our hype dice because you're not with the crew right now. Oh, <laughs> I wasn't considering it, but okay, well. thank you. <laughs> Last I checked, I think they're maxed out anyway. <laughs> Touche. <laughs> Uh, I'll add on two more d6 from my turbo pool, because I haven't used any resources this round. <laughs> uh, so I'll be rolling 4d6, and uh, <laughs> I, I think I will treat this as doing a trick. Doing a trick. <laughs> doing a trick, yeah. in that, like, yeah, the Wicks are trying to make a big show of this and stuff, and Walt is doing it in the most wet blanket way possible, but it's still <laughs> it's still going, because Carcinican's, like, having a hand in it, and he, he likes fun. Yeah. 46. Whoa, whoa, okay. Uh, that's two ones and two fives. Okay, okay. Uh, do I get three style from this? You rolled doubles twice. Okay, if you can describe how this is the coolest bubble slide anyone has ever seen, you get two extra style for Steezy. Oh my gosh. So I think it starts up, uh, Walt takes out his dive device and he's like, uh, Carcinogen, I need a hand here. Oh, Walton, excellent. Uh, I actually I received a bit of a call from you while you were busy there. Uh, so not not time to go over <laughs> any sort of phone work right now, Karsinikin. I, I I need you to help cushion me on the on the slide. I need a, a bubble. Oh, but Walton, I, I believe it was your friend Trip. Karsinikin, please, I just need a bubble right now. Yes, uh, bubbles on the go. Bubble blast. Uh, and he <laughs> blows a giant uh, cerulean bubble around Walt. Uh, but as uh, uh, he goes, it, he's uh, Carson using his crab claws and he's kind of holding the bubble very gently. Is like when you manage to catch a bubble in the air and you kind of like can hold it a little bit and place it. And he slowly shuffles over as a crab does toward this rail. Uh, and then instead of gently placing him down, he just like blasts him forward. <laughs> Uh, so Walt unintentionally is now super monkey balling it all the oh, way down this, this big catacomb course. Uh, and Carson is sliding along as well. And he's shooting other bubble jets that bounce him further and up in the air. And he goes racing past the rest of the wicks. And they they, they see him bouncing off the walls. And the, the torchlight is reflecting through the prismatic sort of array of this bubble sphere. Uh, and it's a big old light show that Walt has no control over as he's just bouncing around inside this uh, glass. Orb. Oh my gosh, amazing. Uh, and Wendy uh, looks over to Whitney, who has started streaming on her phone, and she goes, All right! And they, all three of them, have to go so much faster <laughs> to keep up with you now. So from Whitney's stream, it is a dizzying light show as all four of you are flying through these catacombs at top speed uh, in this like iridescent kind of colors that you would get from a big bubble. 
you are gonna crash super hard into a wall at one point for a slam, um, but you did talk about guardian mode, I believe? Yes, this can actually <laughs> come into the play now. Uh, mark one turbo to have your robot protect you or a nearby teammate from a physical slam. So I will mark that turbo. Uh, yes. And uh, the, the bubble does its job. <laughs> the bubble does its job, exactly. I feel like Walton foresaw this consequence, so it is only fair for me to play into it. Um, and you rock it closer and closer to the thin zone and Wanda says, get ready. And you see all three of them around you kick their hoverboards into nth gear. Gold Star listeners, it's me, Lena, your Slugmaster Game Blaster. I just wanted to come in to thank you so much for listening to this episode of Quantum Kickflip. I hope you're having as much fun listening to this silly little stunts run as I did coming up with it. We are at Quantum Kickflip on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and YouTube, so be sure to follow us for new episode updates, audiograms, and more. You can also support us by subscribing to Quantum Kickflip on Patreon. Normally, we release our episodes on Wednesdays, but if you join the Shredder tier for just $2 a month, you get access to all new episodes of Quantum Kickflip the Monday before release. And if you join the Ultranaut tier for just $5 a month, you get that same early access plus exclusive bi-weekly bonus content, including a very special episode featuring David Ray. This is the most recent bonus episode we've released, where I sat down with David in the follow-up to our game of Fiasco so that he could tell a true story of a fiasco he endured in his own life, involving ornery horses, a comedy show gone wrong, and a lost llama. So we came out there at the start. We had a tent full of kids. Kids are, like, ready for comedy. Like, yeah, we're gonna, we can't wait for this show. This is going to be so much fun. And... um. Uh, we we start with the, the initial sketch, and then we go behind the project behind the screen, and uh, the video is playing. Uh, no, there is not really a reaction at all. I cannot recall. We, and then we come from behind the the screen. Half the kids were gone just immediately. <gasps> like oh, my oh. <laughs> to listen to the llama story and so much more, head to patreon.com slash quantum kickflip and subscribe today. I'd like to thank our sponsors at the Alberta Media Arts Alliance Society, whose goal is to advocate, educate, and celebrate the media arts in Alberta. You can learn more at amaas.ca. We release Quantum Kickflip bi-weekly, so you can catch the conclusion of the FUST Challenge on Wednesday, July 19th. Let's get back to the action. So Maeve uh, plots out their their route and realizes that uh, the the best way to do this is going to be a a massive jump. Maybe they're up on the rooftops uh, to get a a vantage point to try and trace the signal that Trev has found. Um, And they realize that, like, oh, we can get there faster if we, like, clear this entire market square. Um, So she turns to her crew. Listen, y'all, I've been been going through a lot with with the run and with Walt and with being back in this place, but... We're going to find him here and we're going to show him that that we care about him and that that he's a part of this crew. And 
I know there's this whole thing with with stunts and and we've got an hour to get back there and and it's it's feeling like a an either or but none of us have to choose between each other and the crew because we are the crew and that's that's all that matters is is each other so we're going to find him and we're going to show him that that he's a part of this crew that that we all belong here and we're going to do it in less than an hour so we can still kick the fucks out of this competition and, and take home the prize or the, the money or whatever we get. I'm still unclear on what exactly we're doing on this TV show, but whatever it is, we're going to win it and we're going to win it with Walt by our side. Uh, and this is Maeve employing uh, the ability pep talk, which she got from Trev uh, once per run. Uh, refill three hype or clear a slam for a teammate. What do they need to hear most right now? Hopefully that was what y'all needed to hear most right now. Either way, we got our hype back and... Uh, how many dice does that give us on that page? Because I want to put them all on this roll. Uh, 2d6 and one kick. 2d6 and one kick. Uh, we're just trying uh, We're just trying to traverse right now, right? Yeah, so I don't think we need the kick. Yeah. But I do want this to go well for us. So if I'm cool to use both of those hype dice, yep. I will use them. Yes. I'm going to steal one from, from you. Uh, I'll, I, I can give you one of my die, uh, just from my book, uh, and how I can kind of see it is like, I'm doing uh, like a little bit of the overlay of like, oh, I've routing, like what would be the cl- fastest route to getting to, yeah. uh, Walt. So it's like, it's in my imagery of like, follow this line and you know, you do all that kind of stuff. Heck yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm adding one for my own attitude as well, because I still got a lot of resources. So I've currently got 5d6 on this. <laughs> and yet. And yet. It's a five is the best. And yet it's a five. <sighs> and I wouldn't say it just now, but we did say it earlier that this was a trick, that we were going to do a big trick to get there yep. and get us all some style. So yes. everybody mark style. Everybody mark style. And so, yeah, as we're kind of racing through, die, like, uh, Trev 4 is uh, gap-train all of these uh, folks jumping over rooftops, jumping gaps, grinding on rooftop edges. and Yeah, I think Bryn's probably making liberal use of the uh, gauntlet, right? And so we're maybe, like, you know, uh, alley-ooping each other and, like, Brynley's setting us up and, and, and uh, throwing us across gaps and stuff. <laughs> I, yeah, I like the idea that we're all... Our tricks are contributing to other people's tricks. I think Helix has some of the hard light trailing behind him, which gives you guys things to grind on or like Brinley to hook onto. And in turn, Brinley then throws him. I think it's a lot of like. Yeah, le- Nate's le- throwing out like hard light chains to like if someone gets a little too low, you get you got a tether to grab onto and pull you back up. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Oh, I love this. I, I think the four of you are working together in this really, really beautiful way. And Trev Fora, you're catching all of this. It's going on the Gold Star Disaster stream. Um, And you are going to make your way to the catacombs where you realize Walton and these other mysterious (laughs) W-Wicks have ended up. Um, And and you're going to get there in in fairly short order. I'm not going to use the nature of the mixed success to stall you any further. What I am going to do with this mixed success is... As you approach the catacombs, you make your way through a very serene courtyard. Um, There's some nice natural water features. There are beautiful trees uh, with robust blue and green leaves. And there are arborists on patrol in this courtyard. 
and they all look to you as you all do this trick, backlit by the moons, the rain falling, uh, and land directly in the middle of this courtyard. Uh, we are approaching the end of the run, so we're not going to make this a um, confrontation necessarily, but Arborists have spotted you, Maybelline, in Thenispar, when you have already been grounded with a period. Yeah. Yeah, they sure have. And you did a trick. Mm-hmm. I think uh, you need to take a pretty bad slam. Uh, my, my pitch for what to call it is uh, so vuxed. And the <laughs> so is going to function as a super. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. Can, can, for our musical theater friends, can I suggest totally vuxed? <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> totally vuxed. <laughs> um, can I... I can nope this, right? But I would have to spend four trouble to nope the whole thing. It's two for the so and two for the vux. Yep. I think we're all operating on such a, uh, a fundamental teamwork level. We're all like spotting each other and helping each other's tricks. I think Maeve is just like, she's in the groove. She gave this big pep talk. She's like, I can, we can do this. We can have it all. We can have each other's backs. We can do what's best for the crew. We can uh, tell off our stupid arborist overlords and we can, we can do it all. Damn it. We can have it all. Uh, so I am going to spend all four trouble. Boom, 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 boom. So that's, I'm at six trouble total right now to nope this completely. Maeve uses her hard light uh, or her photonic jacket. Uh, I, I think it's like uh, playing on the photo bypass ability. Like she mm, just cloaks mm -hmm. them at the exact right moment that like sees these arborists and is like, not today and immediately goes invisible. <laughs> and with that, you are able to uh, seamlessly sneak past these arborists we, like, without detection. whip through the crowd. Like, we're still going at top speed, and yep. we're, like, maneuvering through them, so maybe they feel like the gust of wind. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, it, it um, feels like a breeze to them. You know, it's raining. Yeah. Or, or, like, you just cloaked yourself, right? Yeah. Yeah, uh, three troublemakers on skateboards went zipping by. They did not see a fourth one in an arborist robe, and there's maybe, like, some shake, some shook fists, but yeah, they're like, yeah, yeah. Hey, what are we going to do? We don't know this one personally, and they're not wearing arborist clothing. So yeah. Yeah. They happen. Here. Teens probably come to, to skate the catacombs. Yeah. It's a thing. If you were looking closely, you could see, like, an outline of just, like, the rainfall coming down is, like, the, there's something interrupting the rainfall that's moving through, but but none of them are looking closely because they're yeah. looking at the three troublemakers. Yeah. And you're moving too fast. Yeah. you're so cool. Hell Yeah. Uh, you do make your way into the catacombs, uh, still at quite a high speed, and you find it weirdly easy to make your way through. I think I described it as a labyrinth. It is a true labyrinth. Not in that there are many branching paths where you could potentially get lost. There is one ever-winding path that you got to make your way down uh, that's surprisingly pretty slick. Mm -hmm. uh, almost like an oil slick or like soap or water. <laughs> Who would have thought that this much rain would get in the catacombs, right? Weird. Super weird. But as a result, you were able to make your way through quite quickly. And as you get closer and closer to the center of these catacombs, Trev, you can see these four W wicks winding back and forth in your uh, biometric scan in your realm where lens. Yeah. Um, you're getting closer and closer to the center of this labyrinth and then all four W wicks disappear. And as they do, your space-time amphimeter starts going off 
as you find yourselves approaching and getting closer and closer to a thin zone. Walton, as you pass the thin zone through the Thenispar catacombs, you feel a sudden intense inversion. The dim torches change to pitch black dark. Hot becomes cold, and a sense of relative safety is replaced by a deep-seated feeling of dread. Your hair stands on end as the humidity flips into freezing static. Lightning illuminates a dark sky marred with clouds and penetrated by the branches of gnarled trees that bear not leaves, but small porcelain dolls. It is impossible to tell if a storm is brewing or if this is the default weather. Bleached tombstones of all shapes and sizes extend as far as you can see in a circular pattern. Many are worn by space-time slush friction where hoverboarders have pulled off grinds. Wanda turns and smiles. Welcome to the Waking Pits. Why? <laughs> wait, wait, why are we Waking Pits? This is, I thought we were headed home. What what why are the, the other place with ghosts? Are these ghosts worse? Do I do I really need to not touch these ghosts? Oh, these ghosts are so much worse. <laughs> well, wait, what are we doing here? Well, you know, it's kind of how thin zones work in the multiverse, right? It's never just a straight shot from Thenis Spar to Operablem. We've got to go through here, and then we'll make our way through Prismadia, and then we can get back to Operablem. Uh, okay, I I thought it was just going through the catacombs. I thought that was going to be it, but I guess I never really plan our routes or anything. I don't know much about the multiverse. That's weird, because you've been with your crew for a while now, right? Like, surely you've been to a bunch of different places, and you must have that all mapped out and stuff. Uh, well, yeah, the others do. Uh, Helix has a really good good idea of, of multiversal concepts and stuff, and, and Trev, he's he's a machine, he's got it built right in. I, I just kind of follow along. Oh. Right. That makes sense, I guess. Um, but... I mean, we're here now, and you, you have to admit, this aesthetic is sick. So what do you say we just pull off some easy, cool tricks, and then we'll find the Thin Zone out of here? Yeah? Okay. Uh, yeah, sure, I, I guess. Cool. Uh, Whitney, you streaming? And Whitney nods, and Wanda says, All right, let's have some fun. But before you can... Have any fun whatsoever. <laughs> uh, suddenly, uh, you feel your your slug blaster senses, your intuition is uh, going off. Uh, and behind you, uh, where you emerge from the thin zone, weirdly, you can see back through it. You can see sort of a, a warm glow on the other side, which is kind of unusual. Uh, and you can almost sense in a way, I, I think with slug blasters, there's sort of like this this rush that they get when they go through a thin zone, right? And you probably feel that like pull, that anticipation of you about to go through that. Mm. Uh, you can feel that, which is not something that you typically feel when you go through a thin zone because thin zones are often 
one way. But the sense that you get, Walt, is that you can go back through the other side. Not that you can now, because bursting through from the other side, (laughs) uh, you see your crewmates, Bryn, Maeve, Trev, and Helix. Uh, Welcome to the Waking Pits, the remainder of Gold Star Disaster. (laughs) Walt, I'm glad we caught up to you. If we hadn't gotten so waylaid, maybe we could have got him on this side of the thin or the other side of the thin zone. And then as Helix says that, he like, did you say there was porcelain dolls around? Yep, on the trees. Yeah, he like puts his hand out and realizes he's touching a porcelain doll. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, we've, we've been. You pull your hand away right before it bites you. Oh, jeez, oh. jeez. Um, well, we, we've been trying to find you since the golden jungle. Where did you go? Helix, I, I thought you guys would still be doing the stunts thing. I, I ran into Whitney and she convinced me to head on back home with her. Were you going to tell us? I, I didn't want to, like, distract you guys. I, th- I thought you were focusing on the stunts and stuff. And Yeah, and I thought we were a crew. What, you just left without saying anything. Uh, well, I maybe I wasn't feeling like I was part of the crew, okay? Well, I know you didn't want to hold us up or whatever, but the, the whole point of doing challenges as a crew is to do them as a crew. We, we couldn't do it without you. That... that wouldn't be the same. That's that's not Gold Star Disaster. Well, is it not part of being a crew to decide what we're actually doing? Like, we never talked about any of this. I got kidnapped from my home. <laughs> <laughs> Valid. <laughs> You're right, but I don't know. Sometimes slug blasting is is a little less proactive and a little more reactive. We, we get in over our heads. We get caught up in stuff, and sometimes it's not, not time to make a plan and and run it past a committee, you know? Sometimes we just gotta trust that we're gonna be there for each other even if it's hard. We're all here for you because we we wanna be a crew with you, but if that's not something you want, then that that's okay too, I guess. I just thought that it kind of trails off. I don't even know if I want it. I don't know. I just... You guys are my friends, and We've been through a lot, but like I've been stung and bitten, and and we were bullying people, and I got punched in the nuts so many times today, and I just well then that's the question, isn't it? Do you not want to finish the stunts challenge, or do you not want to be part of Gold Star Disaster? Because those are two different things. I definitely don't want to keep doing the stunt stuff. I just. I can't tell if I felt worse today or at the end of Divocon when I peeled back. Walt, you peeled back? Yeah, well, there was a whole thing with a, a, a rogue Divokin, and, and we were trying to keep it under control, and I, I ended up getting bit, and then also administered thing. I, I, I peeled back. That's so rough. I, I'm sorry. We had no idea. I just... Didn't know how to bring it up, okay? Hey, you know that we're here for you, and you can talk to us about any of this kind of stuff. We we know, right? We're all slug blasters. We've been through it. And while Wanda's saying this, Whitney is kind of staring daggers at each of the other four members of Gold Star Disaster, as if offended that maybe by her perception, you did not talk to Walt at all after his peelback. <laughs> hey, we 
are all slug blasters too, and and you could talk to us about. I don't. I don't appreciate your your glare. I stopped by Walt's place after the run. I made sure he was okay. And I mean, uh, admittedly, um, he wasn't. But we talked about it and stuff, like friends do. That's the whole point of all of this. Well, we can't promise you that that bad stuff isn't going to happen or that there aren't going to be rough times. All, all we can promise is that we'll be here for you. Even when we have to do stuff we don't want to. I think Wanda actually addresses you, Maybelline, uh, and says, I don't know if you are, though. I don't know if you are going to be there for Walt. I mean, you let him peel back. You let him be a part of this thing that he clearly didn't want to be a part of. Like... If you're going to be there for him, you need to be there for him. You can't leave him alone all the time. And that's what we're trying to do, is we're trying to be there for our family because he doesn't have... And then she kind of stops herself, like she was about to keep going, um, but kind of forces herself to stop talking. We are there for him. That's why we're here around these bitey dolls and not back-finishing the stunt with a Z at the front. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but if we hadn't got him, you wouldn't have had to chase him down in the first place. Yeah, if you hadn't pulled him away from us, dragged one crew member into your crew away, we wouldn't have to chase him down. He came of his own volition, right, Whitney? And look, Whitney just stares at you, Helix. Look, whatever is happening right now, I just want to go home. Okay. I was going to ask what it would take to get you to come back through this thin zone and finish the stunt, but I'll be honest, I don't want to finish the stunt if it's not with Gold Star Disaster. So, we can, we can go home. Shark can eat his own farts or whatever it was he was going to do. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we know how to get home from here. Do you? Trev's got it covered. And she looks at Trev like, you've, you've got it covered, right? Please say you've got it covered. <laughs> I indeed have a route back to Operable. No problem. I'm picturing this like the Wicks kind of off on one side and Gold Star Disaster kind of <laughs> off on the other and Walt Square in the middle. Uh, that classic like... Come to who you love. It's it's raining here in the waking pits as well. Um, but the wicks are all wearing like waterproof makeup, and like it somehow makes their clothes extra shiny, and they very much have like this waking pits aesthetic. And then it goes to the four of you, and you're like kind of like uh uh covered in nectar and sweat, scratches and, dirt. and bites. And wounds and soaked from the rain. <laughs> maybe your jumpsuit is still half off, yeah. like it's put on, like the buttons are misaligned. <laughs> uh, and Wanda says, "Okay, great." Walt, who are you going with? I think Walt glances back and forth between the two groups, uh, then throws down his board and sort of glides over toward his cousins. Well. Let's say we go see what Shart has served up for us since... Wait, we're still going through with it? I mean, I said I wanted to do it if everyone in Gold Star Disaster was game, so... Uh, yeah, Meave tosses her board down and skates up next to you, Helix, and is like... Yeah, if he wanted to be here, he'd be here. 
I'm in. Trev four uh, looks over to Walton and says, Walton, I would like to apologize for not being a very good empathy valet. You could have talked to me and I did not realize you needed to have someone to talk to. You can fill out a, a comment card and I will try to incorporate into future programming. <laughs> but I must retreat with my crew here. Gold star disaster. All eyes turn to Brinley. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I think uh, Brinley looks in Walt's direction. Kind of like scrubs the back of her hand across her eyes. Doesn't say anything. There, I, I picture Maeve and Helix and Trevor kind of standing by the, the opening to this two-way portal and like looking back at Brinley uh, as as Walt and the wicks peel off into the distance. Um, and and Maeve kind of makes eye contact with Brent and is like, please, I, I can't, can't lose both of you in one day. Yeah, Brinley, Brinley nods and, and just sniffs like a huge booger back up into her nose. <laughs> Grody. <laughs> that, the, that the third stunt challenge? That's the third that stunt. <laughs> she did it right there. Yeah. yeah, you did it. Shark comes out, he claps. <laughs> <laughs> he was inside the porcelain doll the whole time. Yeah, he bur- bursts out. He's dressed like a porcelain doll. <laughs> blended in perfectly. <laughs> and uh, the three wicks skate off. The four wicks skate off. We jump ahead to the four person crew. Uh, that currently makes up Gold Star Disaster. Um, you are all on the coast of Thenispar, um, absolutely coated head to toe in disgusting purple sludge um, from the nearby Thenispar Northeast stinkhole. <laughs> <laughs> um, you see, Mogi had very hilariously laid out that he left his glasses at the bottom of the stinkhole and he needed them to read the results of your challenge. Uh, So all of you had to go in uh, under to get it. Uh, You're absolutely uh, covered in this purple fluid. It's uh, real gross. I think I still have some uh, bite, actually. Uh, So I'm just going to go ahead and uh, mark two of them uh, to give all of you a slimed slam. Uh, How many do I, if I nope, do I take two trouble or one? You would take two. I need someone to nope this for me, please, or I'm going to peel back. Yeah, Maeve's got you. Okay. Oh, wait. Do you? Do you, though? No, I, I only have two if I fill my last box. Disaster strikes for me? Yep. Uh, Yeah, no, I, you, I got you covered there, buddy. Thank you. I can't afford any more slams or trouble. Perfect. Uh, yeah, Brantley has to nope this as well. Okay. Are you taking the slam for yourself? Trev, or like, are you taking a slime slam and just noping it for Helix, or are you noping it for both you and Helix? Uh, I, I, I'm going to take it. That's fine. Uh, I, I can kind of see it as as uh, Helix is trying to go through all the slime. Maybe he's a little stuck. Uh, I'm able to kind of see through it, and I still have to go through it, but I pull you out before it's too much, kind of a thing. 
Trevor has no sense of smell as well. Yeah. The sensation of slime. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't bug him as much. It it gums up your works a little bit. Yeah, yeah. um, But you can be in the slime for twice as long as anyone else and only get the one slime slam. Yeah. Yeah. Also, please mark one style for team player. You took, uh, you noped a slam for Helix. Yeah. Yeah. I I got like five style this run so far. Oh, baby. Unlike other runs where I got like one. (laughs) (laughs) Your crew needs to break up more often? (laughs) I don't like that. Uh, um, And as you emerge with a uh, monocle in hand, (laughs) uh, Chart uh, dressed like a professor with a frilly shirt and an ascot and a powdered wig. Uh, He doesn't know. I don't know. He came up with this. (laughs) Uh, Approaches and takes the monocle and cleans it off and holds it up to his eye. Pinches it right in the socket as you do with a monocle. Monocle sounds super uncomfortable. Side note. Anyway. (laughs) Uh, Can you just describe more about this stink hole? You just sort of said, oh, it's the Thennis Martian stink hole. And then we we moved. We're like, you're covered in slime, but you got the monocle. It's It's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I need to know more. Yeah. Okay. So um, it's. Like quicksand, sure, but more sludgy, sure. Uh, purple, rancid. Mm-hmm. Um, at the bottom, you did brush up against a psionic crocodile, and that was a little bit not great. Mm-hmm. Uh, you kind of had to like shoop it out, and it made a bit bad, like <laughs> sound as you pulled <laughs> it out of the stink hole and hurled it into the ocean. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it, it, I think it's also the kind of thing, it's like simultaneously slimy and gritty. Uh, so, like, it it gets right in your clothes and crevices and stuff, and then you feel that, like, grit yeah. uh, in the works, and it is uh, thoroughly uncomfortable, and it, like, gets up your nose and shit. It's, yeah, no good. Okay, cool. Yeah. If you want to endow other stuff on this stinkhole, I will not. Oh stop no, you. I just I just like the idea that the, the final scene is the four of us sort of standing there as looking as disheveled as before, plus this gritty slime. Mm. And I think behind us, this is like doing a kind of like a squelching sort of like gaseous like farts are bubbling oh, yeah. up out it's of this thing constantly farting. And yeah, I just but that's behind us as we're all you know like we did we did it we saw it through to the end. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, congratulations, you guys have officially completed the stunts challenge and you have fully and thoroughly fucked up Slamtown. So it is my honor and privilege to present you with a bona fide fust sponsorship. Gold Star Disaster, do you accept? We're all exchanging looks at the table, but no one can hear it. Uh, <laughs> all of our characters exchange looks uh, wide-eyed and shocked. And everyone can see it. I don't. I don't think... At least for me, I don't think she had any idea. Like, she assumed the prize was going to be something dumb or gross. Um, I don't think she had any idea what was on the line here. And it's like, um, yeah, right? Yeah? Uh, Yeah? Yeah. Trev? I suppose it will not interfere with uh, my connection to Kindred. So, yes. Perfect. I've uh, got my, I've got your uh, contract here. And he pulls out the biggest ostentatious feathery quill uh, <laughs> and spins his clipboard around. And you do see a legit contract on this clipboard. And he's like, I just need your signatures. And then the four of you are officially a fussed sponsored crew. Is is the sponsorship exclusive to the current lineup? Uh, if we were to change up the, the, the roster, would we... You know what? 
And she wipes the sludge off her sleeve and reaches over to sign her name. Never mind. Trev Four uh, uh, takes his ring finger on his right hand and at you know the fingerprint peels away and there's like a little uh printer yeah it prints on there yeah perfect yeah Rinley, you know looks around at her crew and also signs just like the the mess like she doesn't even wipe her hand off she just gets it's so pointy for there being a b in your name yeah yeah uh, and then Shart uh, extends the clipboard and quill to Helix. Helix takes it. Obviously, this this uh, in any other scenario would have been his absolute dream. Uh, but you know, obviously, the tumultuous times. I mean, it was it, it was a joyless trip into the stinkhole. Um, <laughs> uh, and and he just thinks about it for a minute, looks over at at Shart and goes, "Look, this has been a, a huge honor to participate in stunts." Uh, I've always been a fan and I'm glad my crew, uh, most of my crew saw us here to the end and that we, we completed this challenge, but I think we're still figuring out what's right for Gold Star Disaster. Uh, uh, thank you, but no thank you. And then throws the clipboard into the stink hole. Oh shit. <laughs> we're, we're still figuring out what it means to be this crew. And I, I don't know that we're ready for this yet. Uh, Maeve takes a moment and like looks at this bewildered, and then I I don't even think she knows what she's doing. It just sort of happens. Uh, she hugs Helix really tight and doesn't let go for a few seconds, and then and then sort of remembers herself and, and backs off. It's like sorry, it covered in no. Stink. And then he pulls you right back in, and he's like Brindley, get get over here, mm-hmm. Trav, you got it. <laughs> Initiating hug. Initiate hug. <laughs> Shart just like stands for a moment and he like lets you have your moment. And he looks like he's thinking about as deeply as Shart can think. <laughs> uh, and then he holds up a finger to the camera and he says, You know what? I respect that. I get that you guys have your journey that you need to go on. It would be way better for the ratings if I just like chewed you guys out right now. Is it cool if I do that? Uh, I mean, yeah, if it's I'm gonna makes cry. good TV. That's good TV. Okay. <laughs> uh, and he looks at you, he looks like, is it cool? Sure. And he drops his finger, and then he goes, I gave you a gift, and you, and the uh, the episode that would later be released, um, <laughs> bleeps out approximately 80% of the stuff that <laughs> <laughs> you. Um, it, it's, it goes both ways. There's like cuts to, to Maeve of being like, oh yeah, well you and your bleep, 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 yeah. and the, the bleep, 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 you wrote in on kid, bleep. Yeah. yeah. Being held back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're holding Helix back. I think he's extended his, um, hard light board into being like a big slapping hand and he's going to go like, why? And they're like, they're holding back the slapping hand. Oh, at, at one point you do break free and this, uh, uh, the cameras are like pulling away and the credits start rolling as you're chasing Shart up and down the beach <laughs> with the big slapping hand trying to just like whack him. I'm picturing a spanking. <laughs> yeah, I was, yeah, it's just like a big spatula took a, yeah, but, um, and I think there's a little bit of fun being had playing this bit but obviously yeah. we know what truly happened alright gold star disaster you have turned down a sponsorship 
from Fust, one of the last indie sponsors in the multiverse. And it is at this moment, as your time with Fust comes to an end, and as Walt returns back to Operablum with his cousins, that I would like all of you to roll for disaster. For every empty trouble box, and I know there's a variety amongst the five of you, <laughs> roll one die. Did we get any sixes? Yes. A six <laughs> for Walt, who bailed on the challenge. I wonder why. <laughs> Well, good. Mark one style. It's easy street for one Walton Wick. Did we get any fours or fives? Yes. 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 All right. Close call. You avoid disaster, but Trev, Maeve, and Bryn mark one trouble. Hey, Helix. How's it going, buddy? Uh, what was pretty good. I mean, he, he, he got to be on his favorite program and uh, really made a bold statement about the meaning of friendship and what's important to him. He had a really satisfying character arc. So you had one trouble box that was empty. Yeah. You rolled one die. Sure did. What was the number that turned up on that die? Three. For Helix Pinnacle, disaster strikes. Disaster strikes.